AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. It is a Wednesday. Wherever you may be, however you may be watching or listening, live in Los Angeles, it's The Hurt. Thanks for making us part of your day. A lot of choices out there. Joel Klatt in one hour. Michigan, the kings of college football, at least until we get to the playoffs. J-Mac, I had a very interesting conversation last night with a very well-connected college football insider. Interesting. The insider was saying... The word is, all around that Michigan program, Jim Harbaugh moving on, it feels like it, after the uh, potential national championship. Yeah, I I think they're probably going to get there. Colin, I'm excited for it. All right, we start with that. Jeremy Fowler, respected journalist, said Harbaugh's name has percolated around the NFL. There is a belief that this might be the year. Take away the fact that maybe you just don't, you know, like Jim Harbaugh. Michigan has had three great coaching hires in the history of this esteemed football program. Lloyd Carr was there for 13, won 75% of his games in a natty. Bo Schembechler's probably the biggest legend there for 21 seasons. Uh, five times he finished in the top four. And then, indisputably, it's Jim Harbaugh, who's going to his third straight season, finishing in the top four, only there nine years, but winning 77, almost 78% of the games. Lloyd Carr, Schembechler, Jim Harbaugh, those are their three great football hires. But with Harbaugh, unlike the other two, at least uh, in their prime, uh, with Harbaugh, he's become like politics and religion. You can't change anybody's opinion on him, and everybody's got a strong opinion on him, right? But more than anything, this can't be disputed. Ohio State was arguably, along with Alabama, the best college football program in America about four years ago. Now they are the second-best football program in their own conference, the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh has relegated Ohio State to just another team Michigan beats. Focus, physical, run-first power football. Just like the Niners, Stanford, Ohio State was pushed around by Michigan for the third year in a row. And this was the great Ohio State defense. It was vaunted. It was exceptional. And yet, Ohio State scored on every single drive of the second half. They weren't kneeling. With over 120 yards rushing in the second half. That is owning somebody. It was just four years ago that Ohio State was second to Alabama in most eyes. Now they're second in the Big Ten. And like politics and religion, the Harbaugh haters line up. They've got to find a way to tear him down. He's cheating. The scandal at signs 
Again, without the signs, Michigan, even more dominant than previous years, scored on every second-half drive they didn't kneel. In politics these days, if you're wrong, you can claim it was rigged. That's clever, isn't it? In religion, you can claim if you're wrong, well, the man upstairs doesn't exist at all, right? You can be agnostic. And in football, Ohio State can claim a lot of things. But one thing is indisputable. As long as Jim Harbaugh remains the coach of Michigan, you may occasionally beat him, but they will have the best coach and the best culture in the series. That is indisputable. They are power football personified. Ohio State now gets pushed around at the line of scrimmage. Even their vaunted defenses can't stop Michigan in second halves. In politics, you can just claim we actually won. It was rigged. At Ohio State, you can claim it's cheating. It was removed this year. And again, they scored on every drive they didn't kneel. The only way, unlike religion, you, you can't claim he doesn't exist. The only way to retake this series if you're a Buckeye. Go back to the start of my rant. Cross your fingers that he leaves. That's the only way. All right. So the Warriors last night played uh, sort of an up-and-coming Warrior team, the Sacramento Kings. They had a great playoff series last year. A lot of people like Sacramento. Beam, light, light, beam, whatever it was called. Everybody loves Sacramento. And uh, they just weren't quite ready to win, but they got close. They met again last night. Warriors had this game, but Steve Kerr doesn't like playing young guys. Pulled out Moses Moody, who was hot, went with the old guys, and it didn't work. But one of the things in sports that's important, instead of nitpicking Tiger in his prime or nitpicking this quarterback or that quarterback, enjoy the ride while it's great because great doesn't long, last very long. Find me a dynasty, and I think the Warriors' dynasty is officially dead. Find me one that elegantly ended, that ended on their terms. The Patriots now, a mess. Spurs bottomed out. Joe Gibbs left Washington. They've never recovered. Spurs, Lakers post-Kobe, half decade, awful. If you look at Michael Jordan leaving the Bulls, the next six years, I believe the most win Chicago had was 30. None of them end elegantly. And usually for the same reason, right? You get overly loyal to people that got you trophies. They're past their prime. You sign them to one more contract. There's cap space limitations. You're missing a draft pick. This is where I'll give the Warriors a lot of credit. They tried to infuse this roster with draft picks, youth, new guys. But D'Angelo Russell, like he is with the Lakers, was too screwy. They got rid of him. Andre Iguodala was great, briefly. Bogut, great, got hurt. But the draft picks, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, none of them work. And I think there's a reason none of them work. Jordan Poole, why don't they work? Well, number one, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Steve Kerr coaching it, it's very high IQ basketball. And increasingly in college sports, you get Wemby at 19 or Chet Holmgren at 19 or 20. They're not emotionally ready to play. They're not physically ready to play. So you have this, like, legendary offense. Draymond and Steph are the catalyst. It's very, very young, virtually impossible for young guys to fit in. They're just not ready to play. And the other thing is that it's a unique system with two incredibly unique players, Draymond Green and Steph. And for the record... Old stars mostly don't like playing with young guys. When LeBron James went to Miami, D-Wade, Bosch, he recruited Ray Allen, Battier, loved Haslam, Mike Miller. When LeBron went to Cleveland, they could have had Andrew Wiggins as a pick. He's like, give me Kevin Love. Kyrie Irving's been around a few years. He didn't want the young guys. When LeBron got to Los Angeles, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, he got him out of town. He wanted Anthony Davis. Kevin Durant chose Kyrie Irving. Now he goes to Phoenix. He wants older guys. Go look at Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. The great players, after they have the bag and rings, 
They don't want to be mentors. They don't want to be school teachers, right? What can you do for them? What can you do for me? And that doesn't mean Steph Curry's selfish. He's the opposite. But Draymond Green's got no tolerance for Jordan Poole. Either does Clay or Steph. They don't have any time to waste on Kuminga unable to figure out the offense or Wiseman's 19 years old, can't even have a glass of wine at the hotel bar. They don't have time for it. LeBron doesn't want to play with young guys. Katie didn't want to play with young guys. Michael Jordan didn't want to play with kids. Steph Draymond don't either. It's nobody's fault. Steve Kerr doesn't want to coach him. Last night, Moody was red hot, fourth quarter, pulled him out, went with the old guys. Steve doesn't want to coach young kids. It's understandable. Old stars don't want and don't generally mesh with the young guys. They're past that stage. Here was Charles Barkley last night on TNT on the Fading Warriors. As I told y'all, this team is cooked. Y'all thought I was crazy. They got away last year because Steph went crazy in Game 7. Sacramento should have beat them. They, they, you know, so they did. It's two different things. No, no, I'm saying. And with Candace Point, Steph, he's going to start slowing down too. They got an old team. Everybody slows down. Steph looks like he's... Pe people <laughs> forgot last year, Sacramento went there. They was like, they're going to win game six at home. Sacramento went in there and kicked their butt. Then I said, man, Sacramento, I picked them to win that series. But Steph went crazy. He's not going to be able to continue to do that because those other guys aren't the same either. They're older. It doesn't end elegantly. Did you ever think in your life, after watching 20 years of the Patriots dynasty, they would be embarrassing? Because that's what they are now. Like, they're embarrassing. Belichick seems completely out of touch. Greg Popovich got the number one pick for a reason. They bottomed out. The Bulls looked so smartly run for years, and then they weren't. The Lakers are the biggest brand in the NBA, post-Kobe. Ugh, hard to watch. This is the way it was destined to end. They'll have their moments, but winning a seven-game series over the Warriors, or excuse me, over the Nuggets, over the Celtics, over the Bucks, over the Sixers, I don't see it. And right now, not over the Kings either. All right, J-Mac, you were a Sacramento Kings fan. Well, I... You also, love Curry. I'm the, one of the biggest Curry fans on the internet. Um, I did tell you this team was getting old, and now Chris Paul hurt last night. Yep. It's like... It's the way it is. Yeah, nothing lasts forever. We know this, right? It's impossible to stay on top. So you just got to enjoy it while it's there. Those That Seahawk dynasty with Russell Wilson closed in like three years. Yeah. We thought they were going to be, I mean, the way they beat Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, and they should have won that one against the Patriots, you're like, this could be like a six-year run. About a year later, injuries, yeah. players not getting along, Niners were good. You look up and you're like, yeah, all right, it's over. Yeah. How about that Draymond turnover late, huh? Was was tough. Well, you know, no, they, stay, they paid him a lot happen. of money in the offseason. Huh? <laughs> Getting a little old. Long in the tooth, as they say. Colin. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Here's my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take the Lions minus four at the Saints. I'm out on Dennis Allen. I think he's one of the worst coaches in the league. Lions got embarrassed by Green Bay. They bounce back and win. Chargers minus six at the Patriots. A desperate team coach in a hot seat in New England. I'm not sure they want to win games. I'll take the Chargers to win by more than a touchdown. And I'll take the Jaguars hosting the Bengals. Jake Browning, not it. Can't beat you downfield. Jags want to get that number one seed. They're motivated. If you want to take the Herd Parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Please, new users, use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. It's real simple. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Dynasty the king, uh, king, uh. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. 
They are the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it is great to have you in on a Wednesday. Joel Klatt, 45 minutes, always a spirited uh, debate like J-Mac. I do not believe in Florida State. Out of here. Backup quarterback. See ya. I want to talk Tom Brady, though. Tom Brady has a podcast. It's called Let's Go. Uh, and uh, he, he's doubling down on a criticism he has had where several people, uh, I've pushed back on it, and uh, Alex Smith at the other places pushed back on it. Alex does a great job. Uh, Brady doubling down on uh, what he believes is the erosion of the NFL. But I think the pro game is is reflecting more of what the college game is as opposed to the college game reflecting what the pro game is. We're asking now pro players to play college football, and that's the biggest difference I see. There's This is way more checkers now than it is chess. I tried to play chess. I wanted to have three moves ahead of you at all the times. But he had to. So everything for Brady, if you look at his career, was actually uphill. He comes in as a six-rounder, has to prove himself. Defenses in that time period could do more, could be more violent. He had a defensive head coach and mostly a defensive culture. And the wide receiver talent 20 years ago wasn't nearly as deep or as good as it is today. So Brady's superpower had to be his brain. He also had to face all-time great defenses, the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Ravens. Nothing today compares to those. Some of it is the rules were different. In fact, that's a lot of it. And the culture was different. You were allowed to do more. So Brady is the greatest chess player of all time. It is easier for quarterbacks today. The rules lean in their favor. They get much better coaching, high school, college, the coordinators now, the head coaches that are offensive, but give them far more options. It's far more sophisticated. The tight end talent today compared to 20 years ago is insane. The wide receiver talent's insane. But here's where I'll push back again with Tom. The best quarterbacks in this league are overwhelmingly kids. Even Mahomes is 28. Burrow's young, Herbert's young, Jalen Hurts is a baby, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, J. Mack thinks Brock Purdy's the next Dan Marino. They're all kids. I mean, how many old guys make an impact? Stafford hurt about every fourth week. Aaron Rodgers hurt now. And Russell Wilson has been reborn, but it's a young quarterback's league. Brady became a great chess player. And I would earmark going back his eighth year. He was 30. That's Brady's eighth year. And there's interviews to acknowledge it. He became the chess player. He'd seen great defenses. He'd seen every coverage. He'd listened to Belichick. It was in his eighth year. I think these quarterbacks we have now will become chess players. I think some of them are transitioning from checkers to chess. Some are clearly playing checkers. One or two are close to chess. But again, if you go look at Tom, remember he played the mid 40s. It was about 30 when not only did the light go on, but he could manipulate defenses every time he went to the line. Audible out of trouble, audible into productive yards. I think it's really hard to be an NFL quarterback. For the record, I think the talent's better around quarterbacks, the coaching's better, and the rules are better for them. But defensive players are also bigger, stronger, and faster than they've ever been. So I think the young guys will get there. But Tom is the greatest chess player of all time. There's no doubt. But it takes time to master chess. Even I can play checkers.
Robert Sala, coach of the Jets, has announced the Jets are opening a 21-day window, practice window, for Aaron Rodgers, um, his potential return in the next three weeks, a 21-day window. It's, uh, you know, it's part of the process, part of the progress of his rehab. I think it would be a gigantic mistake for Aaron Rodgers to play. I do not believe Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I don't think he'd be ready behind this wobbly offensive line to play. I think it could be a career ender if he gets hurt again. Can you imagine doing rehab back-to-back? Come on. Never forget, he got hurt. Like, wasn't it the first series? (laughs) Fourth play? Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt. This wasn't like a, a tear because he was worn down. He got four plays into this season with this old line and got hurt. And I hear all this stuff. Well, you know, it's different. You know, not married, no kids. He's got nothing but time. He can just do this rehab. Father time. He's now, what, 40, 39, 40? Of an Achilles surgery? This is a horrible decision. I wish him well. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is not going to matter uh, at, at an elite level in the NFL again. There's younger quarterbacks. They're, they're better. They've got better offensive coaches. They have better offensive line. Uh, they have better weapons. I think Aaron uh, is interesting to listen to him uh, chatter about a bunch of stuff. You know, he makes headlines, and he's good content for us. But when Brady left for Tampa, that was not the end of Brady. When Stafford went to Detroit, that was not the end of Stafford. When Favre went to the Jets and then Minnesota, that was not the end of Favre, although it was close. Uh, Aaron, this injury to me, I don't see I don't see how they would be highly relevant next year. I think uh, the Bills go out and get a better offensive coordinator and bounce back. Josh Allen's just too good. Uh, I think Miami with McDaniel and Tua, they're not going anywhere. Right? They're not going anywhere. I think New England gets a competent quarterback and gets better. Mahomes is going nowhere. Joe Burrow comes back. Lamar and Harbaugh and that group are excellent. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's always going to be a factor. Um, again, Jacksonville's not getting worse. C.J. Stroud, Houston now is a real player. Uh, the Chargers, they may get Harbaugh. They may get a coach like that everybody thinks is the guy. Denver, Russell, Wilson are solved. I mean, this was the year, I can argue, this was the year to do it. The Bills, end of last year, this year, dovetailed. Burrow gets hurt. Herbert doesn't have the right coach. Jacksonville feels like they're close, but not right there yet. Kansas City crossing their fingers that Rasheed Rice is a number one, but they're a bunch of kids at receiver. This is the year to win in the AFC. This was the year. This was the opportunity. And and by the way, this is timing is, this is, you know, this is the way life works, right? It's a lot of timing is a lot of success and there are just time i mean phil mickelson's one of the all-time great golfers his prime was right around tiger woods prime <laughs> by the way malone stockton jerry sloan the coach those jazz teams were excellent but michael jordan was in his prime so there are there are times when people are i mean fantastic and aaron still got it but this offense you could argue needs four new offensive linemen they need another receiver they got to get out of the Alan Lazard deal. They need to upgrade at tight end. I love Brees Hall. I like Elijah Vera Tucker when he's healthy. I think Garrett Wilson's exceptional. But this offense needs a lot of work, and my take is you probably got to trade like a Sauce Gardner or an elite piece to upgrade positions and not just have draft picks. But I believe this was the year in the AFC between the Burrow injury, uh, the erosion of Buffalo. Buffalo's with Josh Allen is going to be around for like seven, eight more years of good football. McDermott tends to be highly um, dependent on the right offensive coordinator. That's okay. That's okay. Some coaches, by the way, Sean McVay is doing much better this year because Raheem Morris is a great young defensive coordinator. He's terrific. And by the way, the Niners defense was better last year with D'Amico Ryans than Steve Wilkes, it appears, this year. That's where they go get Chase Young. I mean, sometimes you're, you're dependent on the right coordinator. I think the Jets now have to make a decision on Nat Hackett, like a grown-up decision. But last week, Alan Lazard was a did-not- 
participate, a healthy scratch. So that feels like the Jets are going to take back the franchise, probably move off Lazard, get a new OC, make some decisions based on the future of the franchise and not just appeasing Aaron. But I don't think it's a hot take, and I don't think it's anti-Aaron. I think the Jets with Aaron will be very, very fun next year, and they'll be a good team. But you can't deny the AFC it was not wide open last year. Burrow at the end was on fire. Allen was playing well. Mahomes was playing great. I mean, Lamar Jackson was hurt, but Herbert was putting up another big year, and we hadn't sold all our stock on Brandon Staley yet. Like it would last year, like the the, the there it was a, it was a tough wall to get through. This year, you've had a lot. Even Mahomes went three games; he couldn't score in the second half. Couldn't score a point. So this this year was wide open, and Aaron should not play. Can I ask you something? So if you look back to the Brett Favre-Mangini year, Favre, you know, Woody Johnson was hot for Favre. Brings in Favre, they they start great, and then it falls apart. Do you remember what happened next, Colin? They moved off of Favre. It was obviously not working, and they drafted Mark Sanchez. Yeah. And top six pick or whatever. Instantly to the AFC Championship twice in a row. They got a younger quarterback, and they switched things quickly. What's the percentage chance Woody Johnson and company say, boy, Hackett, Lazard, this was a disaster. Rodgers hurt. I'm done. Let's move on. Let's not bring Rodgers back. And let's draft a quarterback at the top. So and let's where, try to just reboot. Where say, are the Jets in the mock draft today? They're eight. So if they keep losing <laughs> and they finish six, that means they'll get one of the great left tackles. Here's my, here's my question. They'll get one of the great left tackles, which is number one. Trade Sauce Gardner for a first rounder five, six, seven picks later. Get Penix, get Jaden Daniels from LSU. So I'm, I'm just saying. How, how is that going to go over with Rodgers? Because Woody was hot. He took the private jet to go see him and, like, recruited him. You like to say, when it's not working, move off of it. Don't waste time. Does he have the intestinal fortitude? No, Aaron would not like that. But my, my point being is, like your first pick is left tackle. So if, they, if the Jets keep losing and end up six, they're going to get arguably the best left tackle or an unbelievable tight end. So Aaron would have to be happy with that. What I'm saying is, do you move off sauce and get the future quarterback? I think it's very viable. Listen, if you can get the left tackle, the offense will be better immediately well, because you'll have better protection for Aaron. I'm saying, do you consider moving off Aaron Rodgers? I think I like, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. I don't think it'll happen, but do I believe they've ever had a coffee and discussed it upstairs? Probably. I mean, last week Lazard healthy didn't play. Hackett's been a train wreck. Cobb nothing. Hardman already gone. But what I'm like, just saying is I'm not predicting it's going to happen. Yeah. But somebody told me something years ago that corporations decide to move off you six to nine months before they move off you. They raise hands upstairs. Do I believe they're going, Lazard's a mess, Hackett's a mess, Randall Cobb's not productive? I mean, Dalvin Cook, did he have anything to do with that? I think he recruited Dalvin Cook, right? Well, there's I mean, no... Dalvin Cook went from like a top five, six running back to, what does he do? He has 200 yards rushing, they, maybe? There's no way in the world they would have brought Dalvin Cook in without Aaron Rodgers. Like when LeBron goes somewhere and he calls the shots, things usually work out. I mean, he wins titles in Miami, it goes back to Cleveland, uh, Lakers. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, called the shots, and what has worked? Give me one thing, Colin. The defense. That's why I wouldn't fire Robert Sala. He had nothing to do with it, yeah. No, that's why I would. That's why I, I think Robert Sala, I would not fire Robert Sala. Robert Sala has proven, unlike Brandon Staley, has proven he knows his side of the ball. His side of the ball is excellent. They're just worn down from being on the field all the time. But again, it, it, nobody's saying this is going to happen. But this was the year in the AFC where Kansas City is literally went three weeks with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Couldn't score a point in the second half. Not a point. Buffalo circles the drain. Burroughs hurt. Herbert now. That thing's a mess. Uh, and by the way, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton next year are going to start in a much yeah. better place than they did. So that's going to be a viable playoff team. To your point, do you know who seven in the AFC is right now? The Indianapolis Colts with a rookie coach and Gardner Minshew. And so we both love Sykin. 
Shane Steichen. Oh, he's very good. He is great. And also, Anthony Richardson was wildly dynamic when he played. This is bad. Now, and now when you put it in context like that, like, this was the year, Jets. They're, I have to scroll down a little bit. They're 15 of 16 in the AFC currently. Get a left tackle. Sell Sauce Gardner, get another pick, and try at pick 15-16 to get Michael Penix. By the way, they don't have to play. Better serve to sit behind Aaron for a year anyway. Oh, he, Aaron's going to love that. Just well, like the way they drafted Jordan Love. Actually, no, didn't that drive him to win the MVP or something? Because he was so angry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I'm spitting facts here, folks. This is fun. I have no agenda. <laughs> Joel Klatt's around the corner. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Joel Klatt was on the call, the voice of college football. Joel Klatt on a Wednesday joining us. 19-plus million viewers, the most watched regular season game since 2011. What's up, man? That was big. It was a big game. It was a very big game. And you did not appear nervous. You were on it. And of the many things you talked about, we, we, we had discussed this, that what Harbaugh has done, and a lot of it I don't blame Ryan Day. They have recruited wide receiver talent so well, they get the ball to them. Sure. Michigan does not have Ohio State's wide receiver talent. No. And they're a power football program. And I thought in the second half, we watched what Michigan's become. Yeah. They just say, fellas, get behind the whole line and we're getting yards. Yeah, this is, you know, this is this is a program that has developed itself into, you know, one of the most powerful programs in the, in the country, just in terms of the way that they play. And I think the evidence of that was that seven-minute drive, you know, because, listen, this was a a great football game. Excellent. Back and forth. Ohio State was answering the scores of Michigan. It was such a good, good game. But I thought both lines were playing well. Both defensive lines were playing well. It was tough to run the ball at times. There were third downs made. There were fourth downs coaching made. Coaching was good. I thought the coaching was really good. And I know that Ryan's come under some scrutiny for not going forward on fourth he, down and the way he handled coach. the end of the second quarter. But he, he's fine. He's good. It coach. was just a really well played game. There was there was emotion with the Zach Zinter injury and then the Corum score right Which, after by that. By the way, that is one of the plays of the year. Yeah. That was a wow moment. I'm, I, I remember I sat there on watching on TV, and I'm like, oh, this is bad news for Michigan. Yeah. This is trouble for Michigan. When that great center got hurt, and I thought, how are they going to answer emotionally? Guard. So Zinter's the right guard, but you're, yeah, yeah he, I mean, he is, the, he, he is the heartbeat of the offensive line, yeah. which you correctly described as the heartbeat of the team that's what they've built around they they can have the seven minute drives and look what you did in 2021 and even against Penn State they ran the ball 32 consecutive times but Colin I can tell you um and I've and I've done a little something like I would encourage everybody to go check out uh social media you can check out what I posted on Twitter through the Joel Klatt show and my personal account at Joel Klatt I did a little recap of the actual injury and if you don't mind I just wanted to yeah. Express to kind of America on your show. Um, what you didn't get a chance to see in the commercial break was that the injury was immediate and we all knew right away. Bam. He broke his leg. Aircast is out. Card is out. Yeah. Everybody that's on the field can see this is bad and we know exactly who it is. Ohio State knows that it's Zach Zenter. Michigan knows it's Zach Zenter. And the entire 110,000 know it's number 65. And you can feel the deflating nature of that specific guy being down with what is an obvious pretty extensive injury. Okay. And there are moments in those types of games when it's that player that that team never recovers. The stadium never recovers oh, that's because it's so deflating. Yes. And let me tell you what happened, though, during the commercial break. And this is something that I've never really experienced before in my career, and I don't know if I ever will again. 110,000 people started chanting, let's go, Zach. And it wasn't PA announcer driven. It wasn't... You know, a DJ, no one led them. The, the, the fan base starts chanting for this kid while his parents are out there. And the team is deflated at this moment. And, and, and the crowd, and I took my headset off because I was like, is this really as loud as I, I think it is during commercial? And it was loud and it was palpable. And I start welling up and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like this is, this is getting me emotional in the booth. And at that moment, Michigan's team stands up 
and walks onto the field. Then we come back from break, and now you're seeing what is the result of the crowd picking up the team and saying, like, no, 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 get off the mat. Let's go. Let's go, Zach. And, and everybody is out there, and now the emotion has turned into, in some cases, like rage and motivation and a galvanizing force. And so now all of a sudden what have been tears and guys hitting their helmets against the, the turf in disgust and, and frustration, now all of a sudden there's this galvanizing, like, like motivating factor, and then the first play, Blake scores, the place goes crazy, and he runs up to the Fox camera, and he goes, six, five for 65, Zach Center. I've never experienced anything like it, man. Yeah, I was very emotional in the booth. Yeah, I mean, what was interesting that day, Auburn, Alabama had a play that we saw live happen, and that was viewed as the play of the game, but you were there for the moment of the day. That's Right. which I didn't see as a TV viewer, and you just shared with us, and yeah. I appreciate that. I, I, on my couch, I thought they were in big trouble. Sure. I was like, because Ohio State. So one of the things I, I like about college football has this dilemma, and I, we both love the sport. And, and by the way, going forward, I don't even if, know if I'll acknowledge the SEC because the Big Ten is going to be so great. And I say that's like half-jokingly, but I've been looking at the Big Ten schedule for next year. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yes, it is. It's like if you took the top nine, ten teams in the NFL and they just kind of went back and forth. I mean, it's big brands, big games, yep. big stadiums. So what you do that I like, college football has a dilemma between resume and reality. And like Florida State's like, look at their resume. Sure. The reality is you have them eighth, and they would be an underdog in Vegas to the seven teams of above. Course. Of course. Of course they would. Of course they would. Well, of course they would. College football in the rankings has them four because it's yeah. the resume to reality poll. And we all know the reality is they'd get dragged by Oregon now. They, get, they, they just they have a backup quarterback. You're not beating Oregon, Washington, Texas, Bama. So here's the dilemma. We know, I think we both agree that Oregon, Michigan, Georgia – those are the best teams they look like. Probably. If, if Oregon wins Friday. Probably. Okay. I think you, you can include Texas in that. Okay, so you would make Texas the four. Well, again, so the, like you're talking about scenarios, and, and let's, play, let's play a game here. Okay, let's, okay. let's play a game. All, all the favorites win. Okay, let's just say chalk uh, this weekend. I think that's true. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. so that's that's um, an Oregon win. Yeah. They're favored. Obviously, Georgia and Michigan. That's a Texas win, and that's a Florida State win. Okay. Okay, so you can take four of those five. Yeah. I think clearly one of those five is is not in the top four, which would be Florida State. Now. I don't know if that's what they're going to do because, to me, the four best teams in that regard would be Texas, Oregon, and then Michigan and Georgia. Yes. That would be, I think, the best Final Four that we could possibly hope for as just fans from a competitive standpoint. But you and I both know that if Ohio State with a loss faced Florida State, I think they'd be a 13- to 15-point favorite. Yeah, of, of, of course they would. And Ohio State does have a small path to try to get into the playoff. But the question about Florida State is, is a real one because the committee is supposed to be charged with finding the four best teams. Teams, and yet they don't do that. That's they right. always just trot out that that mantra, but that's not what they do, and that's not what they give us. They give us the four most deserving teams. And the reason that you know that is that on average, these semifinal games are won by an average about 19 points. Yep. They're, they're not very close because we allow teams to get in based on resume and or deserving. Now, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it. That's that's exactly right. If if you believe that Florida State has earned a spot in the playoff, I'm fine with that because you know what? It's hard to go undefeated. Right. And I don't I don't care exactly what your conference makeup is as long as it's in the Power 5. They played LSU in the non-conference. They beat Clemson at Clemson. So so I'm I'm fine with that. But without their quarterback, for you to suggest that they're one of the four best teams is yeah. is silly. Yeah. And we all know that if you want to say that they deserve to be in you know then fine you want to know who wants florida state in yeah the number Oregon, one team michigan and georgia well whoever plays them <laughs> that's you're exactly right yeah. it would become a, a very lopsided semifinal harbaugh is going to go if if, if harbaugh ends up number one he's going to going to go on a campaign you got to give florida 100 yeah, he doesn't want to face ohio state again oh man i, I wouldn't want to face ohio state again that game was listen you you crazy people 
That's one. I, I'm not sure how many people, maybe Georgia is the only team in the country that could have played that close to Michigan. No, I, I think agree Michigan with that. stacked. I agree with that. Michigan is, is as deep a team in the country. They're as good everywhere as you will find. They're, they're terrific on defense. They're really good on offense. They can throw it. J.J. made that incredible throw to Roman Wilson that was over, the, over the middle. Threading it through two de- defenders. He can run. They can run as okay. a team right. physically on the outside. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like when you're saying – who are the only two or three teams that could go in there and play Michigan in the big house on Thanksgiving week to one score? Maybe Georgia, maybe Ohio State. I think Oregon's better than we think. I maybe think Oregon. Oregon. I think Oregon's But really again, good. it's, 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 it's like it's a tiny handful group. of teams. Okay, so I want to throw this out there. You were, you were there at Michigan, mm-hmm. and uh, when you're not being mobbed by adoring fans, <laughs> you, you have a lot of contacts <laughs> and a lot of people in the industry you know. When you were around Michigan people, you don't have the name names. Yeah. Is there a feeling, because there's a story out today, it's percolating, Harbaugh to the NFL. Yeah, so um, two weeks ago, I would have said, nope, like, he's, he, he's going to be a Michigan. Yeah. Now I'm not as sure. Um, I, I believe that the, the week of the Maryland game was a real um, point of demarcation, you know, where the, the hearing was dropped. We're going to go ahead and just Jim's going to serve the three-game suspension. We're going to fire this linebacker coach. And even though they didn't do this, there was some like almost an, an acknowledgement or admission that like, okay, like hand in the cookie jar. This is the way it's going to go. He doesn't feel that that's the case. You know, J- Jim, to his credit, and I can only go by personal experience, Jim Harbaugh has never lied to me. Coaches lie to me all the time. Do they really do? Of course they do. About <clears throat> avail- <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> availability of players. You know, um, <clears throat> they'll talk bad about players. I have a very good sense of guys that I feel like have a really high integrity, and and guys that I think are will do anything. You know, and that's by, by the way, this is not a, a knock. That's just kind of what it is yeah. in every industry. Okay. <laughs> I can only go by my my personal dealings with with guys. There are a lot of coaches that have never lied to me, and they would, and so I trust them. Jim Harbaugh's never lied to me in any meeting that I've ever been in. He has told me I didn't know. So I like I I don't. What am I supposed to be like? Well, of course you did. Well, he tells me he didn't, and I. I have no other recourse other than to believe him because of our history together. Okay, yeah. this is this is what I do for a living. You've I cover never lied these guys. to me either, by the way. That's I, why I keep bringing you on. There, there we a go. A lot this of guys is, they bring on this is, nonsense. These are these these Need a radar detector. So so you believe him because I do. But I think that yeah. what's what's frustrating yeah. him is that like the narrative perpetuates. Well, that's because and it's like the world we live in, now. and that's that's the world we live so in. I, but I, I I said this earlier, Joel. Harbaugh's become politics and religion. Everybody's got a strong opinion, and nobody's changing theirs. Yeah. Despite data, nobody's... I got Buckeye fans that are like, well, we lost close to them. Sure, the signs had a huge factor because we got blown out the last couple years. We lost close. And to that, I say, yeah, but this was your best defense in three years. It may have been your best team. Now, I know C.J. Stroud was obviously great. Sure. But I felt I felt this Ohio State defense got two first-round defensive pass rushers. I mean, and so I, I, I – again, I'm not saying the cheating didn't have an impact, but I think what's happened with Harbaugh, and this is what's happened in America – Religion, sports, politics, personalities. People have opinions, and they're not moving off them. Moving off them. It doesn't matter. It's a post-truth society. It doesn't matter what you tell them. So, so you're explaining like he's become a polarizing figure. And it doesn't matter what you what he does. I like him. I don't. Cheater, not cheater. Legit. You and I have the same relationship with Jim. Yours is closer, obviously. But he has texted me uh, multiple times. We've had discussions. We've had multiple interviews. I like Jim. I think he's quirky and different. I think um, he sees the world differently. I have multiple friends who have been on his staffs. Yeah. So I have good sourcing with him. He's always reached out to me if we say something kind. That's not why I do it. But um, I like Jim. I respect him. I, I appreciate his uniqueness because um, his personality is, I and mean, his family members will tell you this, he's a different cat. Yeah. And if you're different, People don't don't like different. Well, uh, let me let me go a step further because it's not just different and quirky and that. Oh well, he's he's polarizing. Um, 
and I don't disagree with Jim on this point. He has been one of the only, not the only, but one of the only coaches in particular that have any amount of cachet or power in this sport that have unequivocally come out in support of revenue share for the players. See, when you start doing things like that, you start drawing the ire of people that we don't even know their names. That's right. Right? And, and, you know, I, I think that... His stance in that regard. By the way, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Okay? The, the, the fact that the revenue has gone where it's gone in college football in particular and in intercollegiate athletics, and the fact that we're paying Jimbo Fisher $76 million to not coach. Gross. Gross. Like, you can't tell me, like, well, we can't rev share with players. Well, time out. Hold on. Hold on a second. We, I mean, Jimbo Fisher gives 10% of his buyout, and you can pay everybody on his team well over what any of them would ever make in, in a given year the rest of their life. You know, I mean, like, come on. Like, let's – so he sees the farce. He sees – and by the way, he has a unique experience now because he sat there and watched. He was one of the 19 million people that sat there and watched this production, this entertainment that is these two schools with 18 to 22-year-olds going up against each other, peaking at 23 million viewers. You know, so, like, Jim is saying, like, well, the players should share in that, period. That draws the ire of a lot of people uh, behind closed doors in organizations that can, you know, by the way, come around and start sniffing around your program. You ever watch the movie about the creation of Uber? It's a very popular movie out there. Um, no, you, but I did. I saw the one about WeWork. Okay. Similar. When you're a disruptor, you draw the ire of people. That's right. Netflix to linear TV, Uber to the taxi service. You should go watch that movie, what they had to go through. Jim's a disruptor. Trips to Rome. That's right. You remember the satellite camps. Satellite camps. The SEC schools were like, you can't come down here. There's an invisible fence. (laughs) So he's a disruptor. That's right. And disruptive personalities and businesses draw the ire of the content, the comfortable. And the SEC got very comfortable dominating college football. And the NCAA doesn't like Jim. They just don't. He's he's an existential threat. The way the way that he thinks, the way that he operates is is so not in line with what the NCAA wants. They just they want control. They don't want to change. They want to be rigid and operate like they always have before. And it's like, well, that ain't going to be the and way also, that it goes. And disruptors have courage. Jim's got courage. That's what I like about him. Jim is willing to be hated. And by and for the record, I'm telling you, watch the Uber movie. We were those people beyond everything else. You could say they're brilliant. Uh, it doesn't care if it's Elon Musk, whoever it is. People willing to be hated. We need those because sure. they break barriers and they make change. They force change. Jim, it makes the NCAA look at themselves. I just wonder if they're going to be overly punitive because I, I was talking to Nick Wright about this and I said, our judicial system, there's levels of crimes. This by Michigan is like the lowest of misdemeanors. Well, to I mean, me, to, to your point, just really quick before you finish your thought, they're talking about changing the rule that is in question here. Advanced in-person scouting. To be like, okay, like this was a loophole. Oh, so now it's really not that. So anyways, continue. Yeah, so your point, you continue. I mean, my takeaway is what you're telling me is the NCAA is like, yeah, it was kind of stupid. The, the in-person scouting rule that came in 1994 was, was put there because there at the time was a barrier to advanced in-person scouting based on resources you know and it's like that ain't there anymore um yeah so they're they're talking about doing away with that we'll we'll see where where that goes okay i would also by the way i would be remiss if, if we didn't touch on the ohio state side just because this narrative surrounding ryan day as if like ohio state needs to go out and do something that's absurd. Yeah, they're fine. They're, they're absolutely fine. The margins are very thin. Oh, Michigan is on a historic run. They've done a r- remarkable job. That was an incredible game that came down to plays in the last 30 seconds on the road. Like, By the way, it, even Ohio State, if you go to the Michigan pass of the game, it was like Houdini. Yes. It's like it's in replay if we have it. How 
was it completed? Like, to beat Ohio State, you needed one of the three or four biggest passes of the year. The other one was on Alabama-Auburn on another That's TV right. network. It's like sometimes amazing happens. And and the thing about it is, is like, Ryan is one of the best coaches in America. Of course. There's, and there's, there's no other path that you can take if you're Ohio State that makes you better right away. Yeah. See, and you can't just change for change's sake. You got to change to be better, and, and you can't do that. So he's going to go back to work, and I guarantee you Ohio State will continue to push and push until they can close those margins. And, like, this will go back and forth. It just – it will. And I can't wait to kind of see how that all okay. plays out. Okay, so show me Klatt's uh, – top 10. I'm not going to do the nonsense college football playoff top 10. Let's do class. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you who I am. I tend to root for what I think is the best TV and the best product. Okay. So I'm going to tell you who I want in the final four based on I think they're the best teams. Okay. Uh, I don't care the order. Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, Texas. I agree with that. I think that would be the best final four that we could get. It would be now, the most competitive semifinal games and potentially championship. Not a knock on Washington. No. But they're a nine and a half point dog for, on a neutral field for a reason. By the way, if they win, oh, I'm happy then great, great. Because you proved it twice. That's right. You know, so of course you're, you're in there. And so I would put that caveat on there as well. Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, Texas. I think that, that would be the best four. Because for the record, those are all elite top ten recruiting teams. We don't have any faker who got in there because they're you know undefeated. These are like powerhouse yeah. recruiting programs. The, the question I would have: Where do you stand on Bama upsets Georgia? So let's say well, all the favorites. Well, that's Bama upsets okay, Georgia. Okay. Um, okay, that, okay, let me think about that right now. So that's okay. a Michigan win. So that's okay. an Oregon win. So Texas I do, win. Okay, so I do Michigan, Oregon, Texas. Here's my here's my problem. It's not fair for Michigan to have to face Ohio State again. I don't think that's fair. Well, Bama would would go a one loss SEC champ. Yeah, that ends, but I'd put Bama four and, and make them face Michigan first game. Which, so you're okay I, with Georgia missing the playoff? Why? 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 I'm just saying. 29-game winning streak, two-time defending national champ. Well, I don't the, know if the committee is going to do that. For the record, I'm not anti-Georgia. I think there's, there is a scenario where Oregon gets left out. And here's and here's oh, here's that a, just is hold on outrageous. hold on just let me I'm just saying I'm, I'm just gonna paint outrageous. the picture I'm painting a picture here, Michigan wins, Alabama wins, Oregon wins, Texas wins, okay. They're not leaving the SEC champion out. That means Alabama's in. Now, what seed? I'm not sure. Guess who goes in for sure because of that? Texas. They have to. They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That leaves one spot. Oregon, Georgia. I'd take Oregon. Okay. Oregon losing earlier in the year in one of the toughest places in America to play on a last-second field goal miss when they gained 500 yards. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking Oregon. By the way, the committee did not include Utah in the top 25, which is a vital piece to their resume if they were trying to compete with Georgia, who do who, who does get a piece of that resume because guess what the committee has done at the back end of the rankings? Tennessee, weirdly, 21. Utah, not ranked. There is a scenario Everybody. Who's Where a better program right now, Utah or Tennessee the last 10 years? Utah, Utah, not even close. Utah, not even close. Who's the better program, Oregon or Georgia? Well, Georgia, Oregon's not down as far as you think. I'm, I'm just telling you, there, there is a chance that, that Oregon gets left out. Uh, it would be outrageous. I'm, you can't lose in the last game and make it in if there's a but, viable. But hold on, but hold on. O Ohio State fan would be sitting here saying like, but wait, you did lose your only tough game of the year, just like we lost our only tough game of the year. But because some administrator in your conference says that the best two teams go to the conference championship game, you get a get out of jail free card and you know we I, don't. You know what I would say? So Oregon gets okay, a get out of jail out. free card. No, I would say timing matters. When you win <laughs> games and lose games matter. By the way, the Warriors lost to the Kings last night. If they're playing a game seven in the playoffs, it does it's changed when you lose man i okay, here's another thing you're allowed to lose on the road bama you no, apparently not if you're ohio state 
They just lost the last game. Oh, but so uh, if it was week six, I'd think about it differently. I would. Well, no, we wouldn't because the 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 way that the Big Ten crowns their champ is that we're we've got two divisions. So Ohio State doesn't get just out of semantics, just out of the fact that like one league deemed a couple of years ago, like, hey, we should do away with divisions. This is another reason you and I should run this whole thing. I'm just saying, Oregon has a a huge get out of jail free card if it comes down to it, and Alabama beats Georgia. Georgia, the debate will be Georgia and Oregon, and I'm not sure the Ducks win that debate. They killed them last year. They're the two-time defending national champion. They just won 29 games in a row. Well, let me ask and you: You're going to keep them at home well, because where, where they lost their, a neutral? Where are their big wins? Well, the committee would tell you the Tennessee win was a great win. Well, where are Georgia's big wins? Well, it's the Tennessee win is, Oregon, is bigger than the Oregon Utah win. Oregon will have Washington, which hasn't lost since the Nixon administration. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't lost a regular season game forever. Washington's a real team. Who would Georgia's big win be? Tennessee. I think, I think that I, I think that you are discounting the power of 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 Georgia and the SEC. No, I'm not. No, and in I, particular I know, in that committee no, room. You no, know I'm right. Like, that's what it'll come down to. Uh, J-Mac, I hear you over here. You're, like, grumbling. But, like, that's what it will come down to. I haven't heard you chime in. Are you taking Joel Klatt? Are you taking Georgia over Oregon in that scenario? I'll tell you Saturday night. Oh, come yeah. on. That is outrageous. You can't float that and then not give your thoughts. I would have a really hard time keeping Georgia out of the playoffs. Okay. Oh, uh, thank brother. goodness. Give Where are the big double? Their defense isn't as good as Michigan's. Where are their big wins this year? They're not the same as the last two years. They don't look the same. I, I don't want to hear 29 games. Okay, okay game then someone streak. beat them. I, uh, listen, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. They're not what they have been the last couple of years. Where's their loss? Well, you're saying Alabama. Okay, and Alabama's the weakest they've been in a while. Maybe. Maybe. Boy, this is Waffle City. I, it's not Waffle City. I'm just saying, like, Do you Oregon's a, getting the benefit of the doubt right now. They get to play their conference championship game. They, they don't have as good of a resume as Ohio State or Texas, yeah. and yet they're, they're ranked higher than them. They've crushed people. I mean, they've, they've literally crushed people. So guess what could happen in that scenario? One. They just take Florida State and do away with the oh, whole debate. Gross. I'm just thinking. Gross. I think that we have to be prepared for the fact that the committee usually takes the path of least resistance, and I think Florida State with a win is going to go. And I know that no, I don't think that would be good for college football. I think that it would be good for them, um, and they would, quote, deserve it. They get smoked. They would get. I mean, any of these teams would, would blow them would out. beat this version of Florida State badly. They gained 224 yards of total offense against a 5-7 and seven Florida team. Not in a good mood. Right I know. Now. I put you in a bad mood. Look at you. Your beloved Ducks. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> All my Husky I would fans love. I think Oregon's probably the second or third best team in the country. I think Oregon could be the best. And I, you know how highly I think it. of Michigan. I think Oregon-Michigan is a go-down-to-the-final-series game. Probably. I think Oregon's. This is the best Oregon team I've ever seen, and they've had a lot of good ones. If we could just get Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, and Texas, that would be a freaking great Final Four. Oh, it would be fantastic. I'm telling you, starting next year with the Big Ten, it's the end of the SEC. Those games won't even be on TV. (laughs) You've got to go look at the... They will be, I assure you. (laughs) (laughs) Clatt, what's your podcast? It's the Joel... Yeah, Joel Clatt Show. You can go check it out. Uh, We've got a live edition of the Joel Clatt Show popping up on Friday, so that'll be streaming on Facebook and YouTube. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts as well. be breaking down the Big Ten Championship game. And then on Monday, I'll be breaking down what the committee actually gives us. So go check it out. Joel Class Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Had a guy come up to me two nights ago. He said, do you and Clant like each other? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> but it makes really good television. <laughs> That's so good. We're back in a That's second. That's so good. <laughs> I have a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Here's my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take the Lions minus four at the Saints. I'm out on Dennis Allen. I think he's one of the worst coaches in the league. Lions got embarrassed by Green Bay. They bounce back and win. Chargers minus six at the Patriots. A desperate team coach in a hot seat in New England. I'm not sure they want to win games. I'll take the Chargers to win by more than a touchdown. And I'll take the Jaguars hosting the Bengals. Jake Browning, not it. Can't beat you downfield. Jags want to get that number one seed. They're motivated. If you want to take 
The Herd Parlay. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, please. New users. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. It's real simple. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Dynasty the king, uh, king, uh. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.